coming to you from what is still the entertainment capital of the world, doing my little part. I'm your host, Christopher Calloway, for Creator Talks. I know it's been difficult out there for all of you coping with the coronavirus pandemic, not being able to go out in some places, non-essential businesses being closed, including comic shops, and new comics not shipping this week until we don't know when. But let's not talk about that. Let's take our minds off the current situation and listen to an interview with Robert Quinn, also known as Bob Q. He's the artist on Marvel Comics' Captain America and Dynamite Entertainment's Red Sonja. Bob moved to L.A. some years back, and I asked Bob, how has L.A. changed? We also talk about some of the Comic-Cons he planned on attending, specifically Emerald City Comic-Con and Anaheim's WonderCon. So as you listen to our interview, please keep in mind that those have either been rescheduled or will be rescheduled for a future date due to the coronavirus pandemic. But on the topic of conventions, I talked to Bob about the times when he has been turned down as a guest or a tabler at a comic con, and in some cases later, being invited to said con. How does Bob really feel about that? How does he come to terms with that? I also discussed with Bob a few of his other projects that are still out there, Bob's Drawing Challenge on YouTube, and Mrs. Q's Booze and Brews podcast. If you like what you hear on that podcast and this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and The Price is Right. It's free. So now please join me for a fun, lively, and funny conversation with artist Robert Quinn, also known as Bob Q, here now on Creator Talks. Bob, welcome to Creator Talks. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Now, do I understand correctly, you live in L.A.? I live in Los Angeles, California. That's correct. Awesome. Tell me all about it because I am on the West Coast. I'm in Las Vegas, and my wife mm-hmm. and I are talking about going there someday. I've never been there. You know, the funniest thing is, is like when you actually live here, you don't end up doing 90% of the, like, the fun tourist stuff. <laughs> I lived out here for, God, it had to be like 10 years or longer before I finally did a studio tour. And it was because I was getting married and my parents came out. Uh, we ended up all going to uh, to the Warner Brothers studio tour, which is very good, by the way. So you should do that one. Okay. Uh, Universal Studios is here. That's also a lot of fun. Well, it's not as good as Disneyland in my personal estimation, but uh, people will fight me on that, I'm sure. That's a good time. There's a couple of really good rides there. I mean, you should definitely do the Hollywood thing just to see it. It's definitely much cleaner than it was when I first moved out here. Back in the 90s. Wow. What changed? Uh, They put in Hollywood and Highland and like cleaned it up. Like when I first moved out here, I was from the Midwest and I had like stars in my eyes and all that stuff. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in Hollywood. And then we drove down and it was like there was a donut shop with a with a pimp yelling at his hookers in it. And I was just like, <laughs> this is not what was sold to me by Hollywood and all the, the, the beautiful dream that you have out here. He's an aspiring <laughs> actor. I, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I just got to get into character now. Now, where is my money, bitch? Oh, no, that didn't that didn't sound convincing at all. Uh, <laughs> then Hollywood and Highland moved in and then uh, it became much more tourist friendly. Now it's a much nicer place. But yeah, I mean, like the problem is, is like I, I live here now. So it's like I spend 90 percent of my time in my neighborhood and in the valley because there's less traffic. <laughs> I do the same thing here in Las Vegas. I'm north of town, no, north of the strip. Sure. And we don't go down to the strip very much at all because two kids, it's too crazy. We like it, but in small doses, we just go to like places nearby that are a little more sedate. Let me tell you about one place I went last weekend. 
Okay. You ever see uh, Pawn Stars? Yeah. And they have a guy come in there with the Beard of Knowledge who is from the Clark County Museum. Okay. That's where we went, to the Clark County Museum. Oh. What an amazing little museum. I mean, it's not a huge place. You go inside the museum. It's very nice, small. You look at all these things about the history of Las Vegas, which I find very cool because I love to learn about how the whole city came up over the past hundred years. It started as like mob town, right? And they, they don't shy away from that. They're like, hell yeah, it was, it was, it's awesome. Bugsy Siegel out here shooting dudes. That's oh, yeah. great. I love it. <laughs> Apparently when Howard Hughes bought a bunch of the hotels, it became legitimate like around 1967. So mm. that's when corporations would come in and run hotels and casinos. So that's when the whole complexion changed. But the really cool thing is they have several houses that they moved from downtown and they line up along one street on the grounds of the museum. And they have each house set for a certain period. One the 1920s, oh. one the 1950s. And I posted pictures of that on my Instagram. Let me tell you what happened. It was a very light day. Not a lot of people at the museum. Mm -hmm. So I could just walk into a house. No one's in there. And then when you walk in, music starts playing of the period. Oh, really? So I go into the 50s house. Buddy Holly... That'll be the day I die. So it's playing on the old console stereo in the house. And I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And I was just transported instantly because everything looks like my grandmother's house. <laughs> 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 if you ever get a chance, just for that experience of stepping in and you're in a different place, different time, it's really, really cool. I'm originally from Milwaukee and we have uh, we actually have a pretty nice museum there. You wouldn't think it because it's a giant city made entirely of concrete. It's actually very brutalist if you take a look at it. But we have a very, very nice uh, museum, and we have a section of it that was called the Streets of Old Milwaukee. Mm. And literally they've built out maybe three or four city blocks of what Milwaukee used to look like, like way, way back in the day. So it's like cobblestone streets and like old trolley cars and like these really old houses. And they don't, now, they don't have Buddy Holly, and they have it, but they do have like... Here, you know, here we had a lot of German people here, and this is what a typical German house when they were fresh immigrants would look like. Hmm. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Also, if you're a big museum guy, we are lousy with museums out here in L.A. while you're visiting. I highly recommend those. Okay. Our art museums are awesome, although LACMA is currently undergoing a huge renovation. You're not going to get your money's worth, but everything else is pretty good. That sounds great. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, I never was a big museum goer, but I like places where they recreate experiences and rooms. Like, we walked into a railway station at the museum, and again, when I walked in, it triggered something, a motion detector, where voices started speaking, like old-timey voices, and the teletypes started tapping away mm -hmm. and there's like old newspapers on the wall and i was like oh man this is this is phenomenal so i, I love that kind of stuff dateline las vegas <laughs> that's right that's the oh, voice you hear yes <laughs> that's for that mid-atlantic or whatever yep yep <laughs> that's awesome where is that in relationship to the strip south of the strip it is in henderson which is like southeast of the strip okay i'd say it's about like 20 minutes from the strip interesting this episode brought to you by the las vegas board of tourism <laughs> Hey, you know what? It's cheap too. It's like two bucks. Oh, there you go. That's a, that's the cheapest day you're gonna have in Vegas. <laughs> Next year it's a buck for me. I was like, ooh, perks. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's great. <laughs> but uh, let's take a coffee break. I want to ask you about 
your art you did on a uh, bag of coffee. More than one, but uh, you did some art for some coffee. Yeah, I recently um, did a piece for the Found Familiar Coffee Company. I couldn't tell you where they're located. A friend of mine said, hey, Bob, you should draw something for them. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a big <laughs> dork. I, I like Dungeons and Dragons. And they're, they're literally a Dungeons and Dragons themed. They actually borrow a lot from um, Critical Role and stuff like that. But it's like uh, a Dungeons and Dragons themed coffee company. If you follow the Tales and Adventures of the Mighty Nine, that you'll remember the incredible joke, Regular Knoll. And I did the new artwork for the regular Knoll coffee. It was the espresso version. Yes. Oh, is it the espresso it version? It said espresso on it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. There <laughs> you go. So if you really want to get going, you want to get your day started right, you drink my coffee, the coffee <laughs> I did the art for. <laughs> do you drink coffee? Uh, I do. I've been drinking less recently, but uh, yeah, I, I am a coffee drinker. I, I find it quite delicious. <laughs> Me too. And I've been drinking less lately. You know why? <laughs> why is that? <laughs> I didn't do this just for the show. Last night, we're cleaning up the kitchen, my wife and I. I help because <laughs> I don't cook. Hey, I, I way to go. Happy I, wife, happy life. That's I do tough. what I can. <laughs> and she was trying to do 10,000 things at once. So she filled the coffee pot with water, but okay. she hadn't put in the coffee grounds. And I always usually set up the coffee. So I pull out the coffee maker. I look inside. Oh, no coffee grounds. I'll get some water. So I gently grabbed the carafe, not knowing that there was something in it. And it dropped off of the hot plate just ever so little, like, like a quarter inch. Mm -hmm. shatter water oh, everywhere no. and i'm just thinking no coffee in the morning no time to get coffee and my mind just starts racing and i'm like there's water in here <laughs> and you what know, do we do <laughs> we have broken two since we've been in this house in the past like six months and i know we've broken more and i said that's it stainless steel carafe from here on out no more <laughs> we're just having the worst luck with glass because you try to find a replacement and nothing fits right oh yeah no you, you like the the way things move now you basically just have to buy a new coffee maker every time which is stupid no I, and what i love is the american problem solving spirit there right like <laughs> hey every time we get a glass one it breaks guess what stainless steel solved it i said what do we do tomorrow she said well i'll go get one i said no 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 no, no. i'll go i'll just go so i'm like Arr. i get my car i go i go to a department store i cannot find a single stainless steel carafe in the store. They don't carry them. Unless really? you want to get a $300 single-serve coffee maker, the, everything was glass. Who only wants one cup of coffee? You know those little cup things. You, I don't want to call them by brand name, but you put them in and it's... And you're oh, coffee. I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, I know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm yeah. like, ah, no. But we don't talk about those on this show. We don't speak of those. <laughs> so <laughs> I did what I planned to do in the first place. I went to this website and went, there it is. It'll be here tomorrow. So okay, that's good because I don't want you to have to go too long without coffee. That's not a, that's not a life worth living. It's not. A, no. <laughs> <laughs> now people are saying, Chris, where's the comic talk? What's going on here? I'm getting to it. Believe me. Uh, <laughs> I, look, I haven't had much coffee today. <laughs> cut, me, cut me some slack. <laughs> when did you decide, Bob, to become a professional artist, or did someone decide for you and say, Hey, I'll pay you for it? And you're like, I'm professional now. What happened? I actually was given the opportunity to draw my own graphic novel. I'd run a webcomic for years and years and years, and I kind of shut it down because I just didn't have time for it anymore. But, it, you know, normal kids have normal parents that read them nice bedtime stories. My dad used to read me Mad Magazine. Instead, <laughs> right? So I was like growing up with like Dave Berg and, and Mort Drucker and all those guys. And, you know, it was all it was all comic strips. 
And I always loved comics and I, I made them on my own uh, since I was a kid and, you know, with my dad and all that stuff. And my best friend from college and I wrote a graphic novel and we were given the opportunity to I got paid for it. And we put the book out and I drew it. And it was really my first foray into like, I guess, sort of like standard sequential pages as opposed to uh, strip style comics. Mm hmm. So I did that, and then I basically bet big on myself. <laughs> I was like, I'll figure it out. And I talked to my wife, and I was like, do you mind if I quit my job and do this? And she said, you hate your job. Go ahead. Oh, well, she wants you to be happy. Shockingly. I, I couldn't tell you why. I'm, I'm not that much of a catch. I'm kind of, I, I sort of look like a, a rustic hobo. Um, you know. I'm not I'm not in incredible shape, but I guess she likes me. So she said, yeah, go ahead, become a professional rainbow maker. And that's what I did. And then uh, along the way, I'd actually made friends with Ben Acker of the uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour and everything else that that guy's written. So he was a fan of my work and he had an upcoming Flash Gordon series that was going on. And uh, way back in the day, I'd drawn a picture of uh, one of the characters from the Thrilling Adventure Hour, uh, Carlisle Ravencastle, that he really liked. And um, that was when they had the Thrilling Adventure Hour comics set up. First, it was, do you want to work on a uh, Amelia Earhart Fearless Flyer comic? And I was like, sure. And then and then that never materialized. And then he was like, well, I'm doing this other thing with Dynamite where we're doing a, a Flash Gordon comic. So I said, yeah, I'll lo I'd love to do it. What's your timeline? And they were like, uh, we're already late. Can you start tomorrow? And I was like, no, I can't start tomorrow. And I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> oh, man. So they said, well, we really want you to do it. Can you do like one page flashbacks per issue? It's like, sure. I guess what ended up happening was that the artist for the series ended up getting behind and they were like, we need you to do a fill in issue. And I said, OK, that's fine. And then the other artist dropped out and they're like, can you finish the series? I said, sure. And then in the last issue, they said, can you draw an issue in two weeks? And I was like, I'll try. <laughs> They kept putting the pressure on. Yeah, because they were super duper behind. So mm -hmm. I ended up, I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. It's not my best work, but it got done on time. So <laughs> um, I guess I ingratiated myself to my editor there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the rest has been history. After that, it was uh, Green Hornet Meets the Spirit and James Bond and Lone Ranger. I, along the way, I kind of picked up some work with Marvel as well. So yeah, that's how I got in. Wow, you've really taken off because I've read The Green Hornet Meets the Spirit. I've read James Bond Origin. I've read The Lone Ranger, The Devil's Rope, and just read The Red Sonja 13 that came out. Oh, I'm so glad. I think that Lone Ranger is still my favorite series I've ever worked on. I, I really, really love that story. And it was just a ton of fun to work on. They just, they, you know, it's one of those things where they don't get in my way too much. I was just like, hey, I'll just draw it. And I was like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had, a, we had a great time. And I, like I said, I, I really connected with the, with the story. I think that was Mark Russell at his finest. It's such a great melding of both his love of like history and social commentary, but also being like a really fun just cowboy story. If you haven't picked it up, please go pick it up. Trade out. Available now. Uh, your local comic book store. I love the dialogue, too, because it's kind of the Western cursing, shoot, darn it kind of. <laughs> I, I wish I had a copy of it in front of it. I didn't. I, didn't, I don't have a copy of the, of the trade yet. There's so many really great, like, goofy Westernisms that probably aren't real but feel totally appropriate. Mark is a very gifted, is a very gifted writer, very smart guy. And a very nice gentleman as well. Are you really into Westerns? Do you prefer the Western story? The graphic novel that I did is sort of a sci-fi Western. And then the other thing that I sort of pick at in my free time is also it's like a fantasy Western. So I guess, I don't know, I, just, I guess it's just like cowboys. I never really thought about it. It just kind of happened. Have you watched a lot of Western movies? Are there any that you really like? Or? You want to you know the dirty secret? I haven't. You haven't? None? 
No, not really. Yeah, I want to say I've seen Tombstone, and that's about it. Because I haven't seen a lot, and I finally got around to watching all those Man With No Name Clint Eastwood movies. Have you seen those? No, I haven't. <gasps> it's worth seeing those. I guarantee they are. I mean, like, I sort of made a joke about it earlier, but I mean, like, it's a singularly American genre. And, you know, like, we're, we're the only people that have the Old West. I don't know. I kind of like that. With The Lone Ranger, it was such a good way to explore both then and now politically. And, you know, I think good genre things explore what's going on now through the lens of something that happened then. Makes you think differently about things that are happening now based on things that have already happened and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I really liked it. And uh, I guess I have an affinity for the genre, even though I don't know it. I love the music, too. Like, that old spaghetti western music with, like, the big... Uh, you know, dun, da, 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 and then the little whistly guy in the background. Yeah. I can't. That, that stuff uh, invokes no, that's, that's something exactly wonderful it. in my soul. So Yeah, that's those Sergio Leone uh, Clint Eastwood movies. They came out like one, two, three, and they were successful, and they brought them out over here. And they're really worth checking into if you haven't had a chance. Everyone's heard of them. Yeah. I actually picked up the copies of them. Like, not just streaming, but I wanted the disc. Like, I need, this needs to be commemorated in my house. <laughs> when the cloud apocalypse happens, I'll still be able to watch it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> and uh, you're working on Red Sonia? Worked on Red Sonia, currently working on Red Sonia, currently working on uh, Captain America. Yes. Those are the ones right now. Wow. And there's more in the works. I guess you just can't talk about it right now. Um, That's a yes. I've got personal stuff that I'm working on, but like nobody's out here going, hey, Bob, draw my book. So you got me at a great time. I'm not famous and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Sure they do. They'll call on you when they fall behind. I am the perpetual fill-in guy. It's like, Bob will do good work in a week. <laughs> like, yeah, well. Is there anything you really want to do on an ongoing basis? I mean, I know you, you said Captain America, Red Sonja. You've done The Lone Ranger. Is there anything that you want to do? In general, I would rather work on something that I created than work on stuff for other people. With that having been said... Every couple of months, I try to remind Marvel that if they ever want to do a Honey Badger series, I really want to do it. Okay. Hey, Jordan, get at me. Um, and then if this Captain America thing turns into a longer ongoing thing, I'm super into it. I'm a big Cap fan. Just a cool guy, right? Out here trying to save the world. Punch Taylor in the face. What are you going to do? There you, you, can't go. argue, you can't argue that. <laughs> Well, you're a big Cap fan. You started out, your dad was reading to you those mad magazines because he'd like to read them, I'm sure, like I do with my kids. I read to them what I want to read. What comics did you read growing up besides what was read to you? What ended up happening after that was dad kept the mad subscription. And basically when he was done with them, he'd give them to me. I kept reading Mad Magazine like all through my youth and well on into my adulthood. I've still got a subscription to this day. I think there's only like two months left and it's all rerun stuff right now. And then I would just kind of like pick up. I was not a huge comic reader in my in my youth youth. I grew up in a time when you could still get them at grocery stores and stuff like that. So like I just see stuff on spinner racks and whatever looked neat, I'd pick it up. Right. I have a little copy of like Infinity War with Galactus on the cover and all that stuff. And really cool and but like did i read the whole series no i didn't read the whole series i think a lot of that's i just was not like a huge reader growing up if i'm going to be totally honest and then because i started getting into artwork a lot and you know the 90s was all about artwork and the story didn't it didn't really matter the whole image revolution thing i got real into i was collecting cyber force really religiously do i remember what happened in a single one of those comic books no but mark really knows how to draw so i was super into it and then uh, i was reading shadow hawk for a little while and then I fell off in a big, 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 big way. And I didn't pick up another book, I don't want to say, until more recent image stuff, which picked up again, Invincible, 
and um, uh, uh, they're escaping me at the moment. And then I fell off again and then didn't come back until Sean Murphy's Hellblazer. And then I was like, oh, comics can be this. This is really rad. And then through him, I discovered a bunch of stuff from like, because I've always followed artists. He got me back into comics. Scotty Young got me back into comics. Andrew Robinson got me back into comics. And then somehow along the way, I discovered Hellboy. I don't even remember when that happened. But it's like that became like the only thing I read for like the longest time. And like I'm slowly building up those big black library edition oh, versions. Yeah. I, I just had to have them, whether or not it looked any better or not. I don't know if it does. I don't even care. I just need it. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's a great series. I, I've read a lot of the uh, BPRD, too, and the spinoffs. See, my problem is I can't read them if Mike doesn't draw them. Mm. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't look right to me. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Even, like, Hellboy, I, I stopped reading because he wasn't drawing it. He draws it every once in a while, every once in a great while. I think he did it something fairly recently. Yeah, he did that one that was supposed to be, like, the end one, which is pretty amazing. And, you know, it's it's very Mike. His style has devolved. I don't want to say devolved. That's the wrong word. But, like, it has changed such that everything has basically become lumpy potatoes, and I'm still here for it. Like, I just love it. Well, you're into the artwork. Yes. And is there any art that you have picked up, either a commission or a page, that you dearly covet? I've always wanted to get an Andrew Robinson original. I don't have the money for it, unfortunately. Uh, I have an original page of uh, Scotty Young's run on New X-Men. I was at Comic-Con San Diego back when you could still get tickets for it pretty easily. He was there and I was looking at this huge pile of original pages and I was like, how much are these? He's like, they're 75 bucks. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just want it out of my house. <laughs> so I went through and I just grabbed one that I remembered and that was that. So I have that framed up here. I have a print of, because uh, I really love the Fifth Beetle um, oh, yeah. that Andrew Robinson drew. I have a print that he did of the uh, Beatles during the rooftop concert, which I which I really, really love. But it's not an original. I have very little uh, original art, to be honest with you, just because I'm, I'm wildly cheap and I don't like spending money on anything. It has become very expensive over the years. And as it becomes more popular, it just prices just keep going up. I have no doubt. And which would be a good thing for you, too. Do you sell much of your art? Yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, hey, if you've seen it in a book and I have an original page of it, you are welcome to have it. Much like Scotty said, I didn't understand it until I had three Ikea shelves full of original pages that nobody wanted to take off my hand. So I'm like, if you want one, please contact me. You can probably buy it at bargain basement prices because, once again, I'm not that popular, so they're not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Get them now while I'm willing to sell them cheap. You met Scotty Young. Is there anybody that you met at the cons or other places that were, in your eyes, famous and you were just over the moon when you met them? Well, here's my problem is that, like, pretty much anybody that I'm a big fan of, there's a reason I'm a big fan. And the reason I'm a big fan is because I see something in your artwork that I can't figure out how you do it. There's something magical about it to me. Because I can't see a path to making anything that I do look as good as the way you do it, I basically assume you're some kind of wizard. So... Anytime I meet one of these people, I become a blubbering idiot. I met Andrew Robinson at the first con I ever attended where he was doing a doodle in the thing for me. And I, you know, I attempted to say something nice to him and it probably came out stupid, but he seemed to take it nicely. And then I met Joshua Middleton and I also made an ass out of myself. And Scotty Young actually held it together pretty good. I was proud of that. Met Sean Murphy who I basically told him, I was like, you're the guy that got me back into comics and now I draw them again. And he was very kind and offered me some words of wisdom. I appreciate to this day. Can you tell us what he said? Yeah, he said, uh, always read your contracts. 
he also said thank you. The other thing that I thought that he said that I always thought was really funny is when you're somebody who's you know drawing as much stuff as he's drawing and is you're you're as big a deal as he is. I think you kind of have to develop some shorthands when you see people because chances are somebody has probably seen you in the past and you don't remember them because you've seen a billion people between then and now. Right. So he greeted everybody with, it's good to see you. <laughs> like, is, it? <laughs> Brilliant. is it good to see me? I've never met you before. <laughs> I just thought that was very funny. I have not picked up that particular mannerism, but uh Usually what happens is somebody will walk up and they'll make a face like I should recognize them. And I'll be like, nope, dude, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I've had those conversations. Hey, Chris, how are you? Oh, great. Good to see you. Where I know them from? I cannot place. <laughs> I feel terrible. It's I feel terrible. terrible. The, the worst was somebody walked up to me and he'd only known me from Instagram. And I'd never really seen his face before. So like he walks up to my table and he does this face like I'm supposed to know who he is. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, it's me. I'm like, who are you? And then he told me his handle on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, dude, I I've never looked at your face before. I've only seen your pictures. What do you want from me? I'm not a mind reader. I walked up to Francesco Francavilla. I said, hey, I've been writing to you. The, you know, the cat avatar. He goes, oh, yes, okay. Because <laughs> you wouldn't know who the heck I am. So I have to explain. This, this was me. <laughs> Internet cat guy face. Remember me? Yes. Big fan. You mentioned the cons. And you are heading to Emerald City Comic Con this year, and you've tabled there in the past, but you also haven't been able to table other places. So tell me about that. You're not famous and big, but did you have a lot of difficulty getting into some early in your career? Oh, yeah. I still have trouble because uh, I'm not that big a deal yet. One day. Don't you worry. I'll get there. Uh (laughs) But um, Denver Pop Culture Con didn't give me a table, and they send me emails every year, and I was just like, unsubscribe. I'm never going to do your stupid show. You didn't like me when I'm nobody. You're not going to get me when I'm somebody. He said, jerks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this irrational grudge I'm holding against these guys. I'm never doing that show. Sorry, Denver. It's not happening. I do stuff like that. I know it's completely irrational because I say, well, you know, this is reasonable. They don't know who I am. Yeah. But we all start somewhere. <laughs> Man, I saw who else was on that list of your exhibitors, and I was not impressed. Okay, I'm not impressed. <laughs> but besides the art, a few years back, you did Bob's Drawing Challenge. Yes, I did a uh, YouTube series. It's still up there. You can still find it. I did a thing where uh, every week, basically a poll would go up, and i go, like, what do you want me to draw next week? And then people would submit a bunch of really crazy ideas, and then I would draw them poorly uh, over the span of about... I don't know, an hour or two while uh, my wife and I yacked with each other. And then usually there'd be a couple of good laughs, but mostly it was just me drawing and I'd make a bunch of silly beep boop music to go in the background. I listened to one while I was while I was working. I was listening. I was doing my work. I was doing my work. Oh, geez. Maybe I should edit that. No, I was doing my work and I was listening and it was freaking hilarious. I appreciate that. Dude, I tell you, I wish here's what I wish I could make my career. I wish I could make my career doing that once a week. And then being able to stream on like uh, Twitch or something like that, me doing pages of original stuff. Cause like, I, you know, it's like I love doing the contract work, working on Captain America. I'm not gonna lie to you, dream come true, totally rad. But um, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm drawing somebody else's story. And I at least personally find that I do my best work when I'm writing for myself. Like I pace my pages in a very specific way. And the stuff I work on in my free time, which at the moment there's very little of, because like I said, I am on two books at the moment. I actually don't put a ton of dialogue in there. You can cover a lot without a lot of people talking, just with visuals. And I like to do that when I can. I'm also sort of in the place right now, at least personally, where I'm not super comfortable saying, Hey, 
I know your script said this, but I'm going to draw this instead, which I know a lot of people do, but I'm just I'm not comfortable with that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't have that relationship with the writer yet. Uh, I think Mark Russell trusts me. You know, now that we've done like two series together, but um, I'm not super comfortable sitting around going, okay, nice writing, dude, but wait till you see what I got, right? Like, I just, I, I don't know, it just seems like a little arrogant to me, so I don't know. Well, some people work that way. They want the artist to come back with a different point of view that they may not have had in their head, but they're like, this is great. And others are yeah. like, no, I want you to put this here and that there and stay within these grids, and that's the way they work. Full script, you know, the whole bit. Exactly. And, you know, potentially part of the reason that Mark likes me is because I stick pretty close to what he wrote, so. <laughs> uh, it's led to me being able to work on some really fun stuff so no complaints there you said fun stuff you said the magic yeah. word fun kicking, stuff i call it kicking back with the creator it's a terrible name i don't have a better one if you do please tell me nah dude let's kick it okay <laughs> first question simple what do you like to do for recreation uh, i play a lot of music i'm a guitarist and uh, pianist i play drums and uh used to play trumpet but i don't anymore so i genuinely enjoy music uh i um on the weeknights when i've been doing a lot of drawing uh i like to play a couple video games kick back with some fallout or some skyrim uh also uh artists out there it's not just a fun thing to do but it's also good for you you should go to the gym and work out helps with the overall health and well-being of yourself uh, so I do that. That's the majority of my free time. That's pretty good if you can fit all that in. Somehow, yes. Uh, I'm managing to fit most of that into my schedule. Now, your music, are you self-taught? Did you take lessons? I mean, because you're very talented to be able to play all those diverse instruments. I was in band in high school for the trumpet, but I, like I said, I don't really play that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was real big on music training when I was a kid, so um, she got me piano lessons, and uh, I really wish I would have cared enough to stick with it because like now that like I'm old and I kind of suck at it uh, but I still like playing it like I can pick my way through a piece of music and eventually get it there but I had some friends in college that were just like ridiculous and I'm like man if only I'd had the foresight even though my mom said you're gonna wish you'd practiced more and I didn't and I didn't believe her I wish I'd practiced more because there's some really amazing people out there uh, but when I showed interest in guitar she was very quick to go okay well let's get you some lessons so you actually know what the hell you're doing so and then drums was self-taught and the more I realized that I was like man I probably should have been a drummer because hitting things a feels good and B nobody needed to teach me how to do this I just figured it out so too bad I only picked it up when I was 30 but I'm not awful at it well you're not that old you can keep doing it and get better at it you got lots of time it's it's true. I got plenty of time to get great. Speaking of time, birthdays. Yes. Thinking back, what was your favorite birthday? Oh, geez. Pass. I can't really think of one, honestly. Birthdays, I don't know. Like, at a, at a certain point, I kind of stopped paying attention to them. Uh, there's also been a lot of beer since then, so, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well... That is one of my questions. I ask everyone, what is your beverage of choice? One of the other things that happens around here, my wife and her best friend have a podcast as well, they tell each other ghost stories from like real world ghost locations and pair a thematically appropriate beer to it. So we're big beer drinkers over here. When available, I'm a big fan of the uh, Carl Strauss Mosaic Session. I like that one a lot. I like Fremont's Lush, if you happen to be up in the Seattle area. Uh, they also have a new one out called Sky Kraken, which I like quite a bit. So there you go. There's Bob's Microbrew Suggestions <laughs> uh, for tonight on the show. And the podcast is Booze and Brews? Uh, Booze and Brews, that's the one. I have to ask, when you were doing your YouTube and your wife was sitting there with you while you were drawing, was she drinking? No. Okay. 
because she sounds like she's having a great time. Yeah, no, that's just us. Like uh, the beauty of our marriage is that we actually like each other quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> so we end up we we get along pretty good and laugh a lot. I should add my executive co-producer, my wife, to the show, but ply her with vodka. And then she can be sarcastic and make fun of me like she does when she hears my show live <laughs> while I'm actually doing it. <laughs> she's currently giving you the rolly eyes from the other room. Oh, no, she's not here. She um, ordered the pizza and left before we started. But uh, she has no interest. None. <laughs> I, mean, None? I mean, I'll be doing QC work and making sure everything sounds okay. She's like, do you like the sound of your own voice? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to make sure it sounds okay. <laughs> just trying to make sure this doesn't sound like butt before it goes up on the internet, dear. <laughs> But if if something's not right, she'll tell me. You yeah. know, one time she heard something on my show that made her laugh, and I had a guest. One time, huh? <laughs> oh, one time, one time. We well, you know who it was. Who was it, it was uh, Fred Van Lente. Oh, Fred's great, and he did Tales of the Green Knight for Valiant, mm-hmm. and I called it Tales of the Green Giant, and he's like, <laughs> uh, "It's it's the Green Knight," and I said, "Oh, sorry," and then I did it again. <laughs> Oh, so goodness. so I, it was just stuck on my tongue. I inserted into the podcast the Jolly Green Giant going, ho, ho, ho. And she thought that was funny. <laughs> it gets better. That's great. You got to be careful with those writers, man. They get very sensitive about their material. I know. I, know. <laughs> I spent a lot of time working on that, naming the characters. Because you've misnamed them. This is my baby. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of writers, yeah, you are stuck on a deserted island. This is hypothetical, by the way. You can have one <laughs> is book. It? it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's all been a dream, Bob. You are stuck mm. on a deserted island. Okay. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> this is dire. <laughs> now you're going to get off the island. No big deal. However, you can only have one book. It can be a trade. It can be a set of books that are all related. But what would be the one book that you'd want to have with you for pleasure, not for survival? I'd say please ensure that the boat that sank is full of my Hellboys, please. That's my favorite thing. Okay. Uh, that's no surprise. That makes a lot of sense. Another hypothetical question. Okay. If someone, let's say Marvel, were to make an action figure of you. Mm-hmm. What would be your accessory that says something about you? If I have a rad guitar, that'd probably be it. <laughs> <laughs> it would have my 1952 reissue Telecaster uh, with it, and it would have um, probably a pencil or something. <laughs> Some stupid... <laughs> I'd have a pencil thing, probably. Well, you'd have your guitar, and what music influenced you growing up? Or what do you really like to listen to now? As with all things, it began with my dad playing the Beatles in the car pretty much everywhere that we went. So I'm a huge Beatles guy. And then these days, that morphed, obviously, from fun pop and psychedelia to nonstop heavy metal and uh, and rock and roll. Current bands I'm listening to a lot of are uh, Johnny Booth. Clutch is my favorite band of all time right now. So uh, anytime they're in town, we go see them. I've probably seen them like 10 times now. So they're great. Those are the big ones at the moment. I just started to listen to the metal like in the past year or two. What no are you listening idea. to? I have no idea who they are because it's all old stuff like Metallica, Megadeth. Still good? Probably the most current one that was actually here in town. And at the time, I hadn't heard any of the music yet. It was Five Finger Death Punch. Sure. And I was like, damn it, I should have gone and seen them. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good, man. I'd love to see them live. It's such a, such a good name for a band, too. Anthrax, you know, all the big ones, that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, I see uh, I see Scott Ian all the time. He lives in my area. Get out. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he you know lives in a Holly- or Hollywood. Yeah, I see him at the movie theater all the time. He's this tiny, tiny man with the longest goatee on earth, and it's usually <laughs> some kind of crazy color, sometimes braided. Wow. <laughs> well, they all live out here because, like, for other metalheads in the in the audience, we used to see Wayne Static all the time because he lived in Burbank before he died. R.I.P. Wayne Static. You see all kinds of people out here. We saw um the guitarist, what's his face, Darren uh, Malakian from uh, System of a Down at the movie theater. So yeah, you know, while you're in town, go see some famous musicians. <laughs> I'm thinking of going out there maybe September. That's a good time. Because there's an L.A. Comic-Con or something. L.A. Comic-Con, I don't want to disparage the show. So come come to L.A. Comic-Con. It's a good time. (laughs) That'll be going on. I will warn you. I was going to say, yes, you should do it 100%. But then I was like, September tends to be one of the hotter months for whatever reason. So that that would be a warning. But then again, you live in the desert. I'm in the desert. You don't need me to warn you about that. It was like 108, 110 over the summer here. No, dude, it's like my parents come out and visit all the time, and I'm always like, they live in Wisconsin, so I'm like, come out during the winter so that it's nice mm-hmm. and you don't have to deal with... Well, then they always come out in the middle of July, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? It's uncomfortably hot for them, and then, yeah. you know, they still have to snowblow. <laughs> right. They take it as a retreat during the wintertime. We used to come here when we were vacation to Las Vegas. We'd come out like January right after the new year just like let's go you know because you're kind of down after the holidays we yeah. plan a holiday after the holidays like we just take our vacation then and go out come out here smart mom and dad i hope you're listening <laughs> oh boy new listeners <laughs> tell mom and dad yeah tell mom. mommy did you listen to my fancy show on the internet <laughs> very famous now <laughs> <laughs> now we talked about your island book Yes. Can you tell me about a book that changed the way you think? My problem is I spend most of my time alone and I arrive at most of my thinking almost entirely by being stuck with my own thoughts all day. Again, I'm going to be honest with people and you're not going to like to hear it. I'm not a big reader (laughs) and I feel guilty for saying it. Youth of America, don't be like Bob. (laughs) Go to college, study hard, read books. Okay, don't be like this idiot on the internet who just yells about things like me. Be a smart person. That's all right. You're an artist. Yeah. The visual arts. That's what you like to do. Go to museums. I experience things, people. That's it. (laughs) Collect experiences, not other people's experiences. There's my recommendation for you. Kids. Well, share with the kids. What was a turning point in your life? A point you can go back and say, yes, that changed my direction in life. It was a big fork in the road. Oh, dude, I think I mentioned it already. Uh, I was a video game producer for years and years and years. I had 12 years in the video game industry, and then I was given the opportunity to draw a book professionally. And that basically turned my life 180 degrees from guy who goes into office and gets angry all the time at executives and tries to put out a video game and then always hates everything he, he makes to guy who gets to draw comic books and is 99% of the time decently happy with what he did. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Gene Colan said not to look at a page after you turn it in, which is usually pretty good advice. But, uh, you know, you look back and you're like, ah, this book's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) So you're satisfied with the work, but what really gets you excited? I was in a band for years and years and years. I was kind of hoping that there was going to be a, you know, the the rock star dream would actually have been realized. But uh, it didn't happen, unfortunately, on account of my weird looking face and our lack of talent. Mostly I get real pumped up about like new music and stuff like when I hear something i haven't heard before i get real excited because like as a person who, who grew up with a lot of music in the household i feel a lot of times like we're at a point where i've heard 
Like, there's not a whole lot of new sounds coming out. Like, people aren't doing a whole ton of new stuff with music. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way the music industry's set up and, you know, the lack of experimentation that's kind of going on. And, like, look, we need a hit. Otherwise, your contract is, is gone and we don't want to work with you anymore. So everybody's kind of basically writing, like, the same four melodies over and over and over again. When I hear somebody doing something new musically, that's usually when I get the most excited. That also, uh, when I, I see somebody do something really interesting uh, in, the, in the comic space as well. Now, I don't know if you, if you follow, uh, I feel terrible because he's been lettering me for years. I can't pronounce his last name, uh, but Hassan Oz. I know who you mean. He does his panel by panel thing. You should absolutely follow him on Twitter because he does these incredible breakdowns of comic book pages and new stuff that's coming out. And every now and then he'll post something and I'll go like, oh my God, what is this? And I'll go, well, I didn't draw that, idiot. And then I'll have to sit back and try to figure out how to incorporate more cool stuff into what I'm drawing. But uh, usually my deadlines are so tight. Like I said, I'm, I'm on two books right now, so that I don't have a ton of time to sit around and actually think about what I'm doing. I basically have to go, okay, what's telling the story? Does it have all the important parts? Is there space for the voice balloons? Yes, go. Do you put in long hours, work one big stretch to get things done, or do you kind of break it up? I mean, how do you work best? I'm very lunch pail when it comes to comic books. In general, what I try to do is I start early in the morning and I try to be done by the time my wife comes home. I put in the same hours pretty much every day. And usually that's like seven or eight in the morning till about seven or eight at night. And uh, I've been trying very hard to avoid working on the weekends, but I unfortunately got myself into quite a pickle right now. So I'm going to be working a lot of weekends because I have to try to fit in all of these pages on top of get enough headway that I'm not late on my deadlines. I'll be able to go to Emerald City and, and uh, WonderCon later this year too. So I'm, I'm a very busy boy right now. <laughs> Oh, WonderCon, so you'll be in Anaheim. Yeah, just down the street. Awesome. I have a ticket. I'll be there Saturday. Oh, good. I will see you there. Oh, not no, not then. This Saturday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I, I can't help you then. <laughs> <laughs> no, what we decided to do, I was going to try to make Emerald City, and I screwed mm -hmm. up, and I had things going on here and all this stuff, so I was like, oh, my God, I can't do it this year. I got to plan better next time. By the way, that's my dog. Uh, Hello. <laughs> the little yappy dog. I guess the pizza's here. Um <laughs> So, yeah. So what we decided to do was, well, I said, let's go to Anaheim because there's a con there and it's close to Disney. Well, wife and kids are on board. Here's the fun secret. Any any fans of your old pal Bob here, mornings before WonderCon, you will usually find me at Disneyland eating pancakes. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's a true story. I really like Disneyland makes very good pancakes, in my personal opinion. So usually what happens is in the morning I go down early and then I walk across the street because you can literally walk across the street and go to Disneyland. Once my table's all set up, I go get breakfast and I get breakfast of <laughs> Disneyland pancakes. And <laughs> I told you I'm a big Hellboy fan. So I go get my pancakes and then I come back and then go about my day at the cons. That's how it goes. So if you want to see me, you'll find me at the Red Rose Tavern. Usually right at park open, eating pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I'll stop over and get a selfie with you eating pancakes. <laughs> All right, man, I'll be there. <laughs> now with Emerald City and with WonderCon, what do you usually have at the table with you? Uh, I usually have copies of my graphic novel. I will have copies of all of my little personal projects that I've done, a couple of zines that I've done. Uh, original art. That's the big stuff. All right. Well, I'm going to make it a point to see you when I'm there. Well, I'll make a point to have a copy of everything for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll bring a big bag. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. <laughs> because I'm driving and I can just throw it in the car. I don't have to get on the plane or anything. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bob, it's been great. I've had a great time chatting with you and uh, look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. You too.
thanks so much for being on Creator Talks. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you did and you use iTunes, please rate and review. It goes a long way to helping this show. And tell a friend. Also, subscribe. It's free. That way, you don't miss a single interview, including my next with Vilbor Stanjevic, also known as Wellby. Wellby is the artist on the miniseries Marvel's X, being written by Alex Ross and Jim Kruger. Wellby grew up in Serbia, and we talk about growing up in Serbia during the 90s, how difficult that was, and how he still managed to get into comics, get into art, and a whole lot more, so be there. Now, if you're stuck at home and are bored, there are many things you can do to pass the time. You can get into that book you've never had a chance to read. You can dig through those back issues you haven't had a chance to catch up on. You can stream shows on Netflix, Amazon, Disney+, all those different sources out there. But something else you can do to help your comic shop, if they have an eBay store and if you have the means. If you like back issues, now's a chance to pick a few of them up. It helps them, and hey, you can fill in some of those gaps in your collection. Speaking of which, I'll be posting my Silver Age, Bronze Age, and Copper Age comics. So, books from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I'll be posting on Saturdays and Sundays on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Creator Talks Pod. That's at Creator Talks Pod. And some of those books that I'll be posting are ones that I picked up through my local comic shop by shopping through their eBay store. Now, I'm not into bidding on books, but when they have a buy now at 50% off, well, heck, I'm going to buy it. And hopefully, when this is all over, they'll be back. Again, thanks for listening. Watch me on social media at Creative Talks Pod. Subscribe to the show. Rate and review, please, now that you have some time. And if you need to reach me directly, you can email me at creatortalks at gmail.com. That's creatortalks at gmail.com. I have more interviews already recorded that I'm editing and getting ready for release every other Thursday. So look for them, and I'll keep working to bring you more interviews with comic book creators, both up-and-coming and legendary. Oh, that's it for now. For Creator Talks, this has been your host, Christopher Calloway. Until next time. Mm-hmm.